We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. In the last 10 years, a driver has taken pole at a new venue has gone on to win the World Championship. And with Lewis Hamilton taking his 102nd career pole position, could this be the big twist in this roller coaster of a championship? Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. My name is Lee Edwards, and I'll be your host as we look back on qualifying for the first ever Qatar Grand Prix. Joining me today is Tom Downey from the Everything F1 podcast. Hello. Tom Horrocks from the Monkey Seat podcast. Hiya. And Jawad Jakub from Hit the Apex Media. How's it going, guys? <clears throat> so before we get started, we have to give out a big shout out to, I hope I'm saying this correctly, Boimia, who gave us a five-star review on iTunes and also a massive shout out to our first ever Patreon supporter, Paul Lang. Uh, the support is much appreciated. So, Tom Downey, uh, we'll start with you. And Lewis Hamilton took pole by almost five tenths, almost half a second over the rest of the field. It was some lap, wasn't it? Uh, it was some lap and then some from Hamilton today. I mean, nobody was going to get close, not, not even Verstappen. And I say that as a Verstappen fan. Um, seeing when 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 Hamilton went three tenths up in the first sector on our final run, initially I was thinking, okay, here we go, and he then went another three tenths up in in the middle sector. I was like, yeah, he's out of sight, out of mind. Um, yeah, he was he was just just on a different level today. Um, you know, Mercedes had looked sort of pretty strong through the practice sessions. Um, and yeah, it, it just, he, he was, he, he was, he was just absolutely sensational today. Um, I, I did think Mercedes were sort of going to sort of come out on top this weekend. Um, you know, he, obviously I want Max to want to Max to get pulled, but realistically I didn't think that was going to happen. And Hamilton absolutely proved us right. Uh, this championship fight is absolutely still on, um, and and yeah, Hamilton just showed all his experience, all his talent, all his class. He is really at one with that car, which is obviously a very, very, very good car. Um, but yeah, what a lap! It was absolutely incredible. And uh, Tom, uh, will um, Max Verstappen? He lines up P two, which may not seem like the the worst thing, but it's a very long run into turn one, and Maybe like Mexico and Sochi, maybe lining up third is a bit better than lining up second. Yeah, I think it's that that's definitely the case. And I think oh, it's very difficult to say because we've never we've never done a race start here. No driver has actually done a, a start on the track yet. So it's difficult. It's going to be so, so difficult for them to know exactly what's happening. But it certainly looks like the uh, the the uh, the. Um, non-racing line side of the track is a lot dustier, uh, nowhere near as grippy. So I think potentially starting second is going to be somewhat of a disadvantage this time around. 
So uh, seeing seeing Verstappen line up second, I think it's probably. I mean, you always got to go for your. You know, you, you can't try the moment you try and blend out the throttle to finish second, you'll end up finishing third, or sorry, you'll finish third, you end up finishing fourth or fifth, and just end up in a worse position. So you have to go full send, and uh, and he, he's done that with, with his credit. He got a little bit closer than than he thought he would have done. Um, but yeah, it was never really. It's never really been on for him uh, all weekend, really. For, certainly from a pole perspective, he's he was quickest in the first session. But beyond that, he's uh, he's he's not really been in that fight. I mean, it's uh, he's obviously done a lot better than his teammate in that sense. So at least he's not completely screwed up his chances. But if if he's there, then he's in the fight. If he can get across to the uh, clean side of the grid quickly and then try and pick up a toe, um, he's got a chance. But it's not a particularly heavy braking zone going into turn one, so I don't think turn one is going to be the uh, the, the moment of the race. I think it's 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 more about strategy and can he maintain second off the line and then strategize his way into the lead of the race? Um, can he look after his tyres, go a little bit longer, go for the overcut, or uh, or uh, sneak in for for a cheeky undercut? It's uh, it's it's certainly not over. I mean, we've seen enough times this year where where Red Bull have qualified on pole and Mercedes have ended up winning the race because they've outstrategized, and we've we've seen it in previous seasons as well. So it's not like it's not the end of the world because he's not on pole. I think it is going to prove difficult to overtake, especially if you're trying to overtake a Mercedes with the straight line speed advantage they've got. Although they have seemed to have dialed that back a little bit this week in favour of a higher downfall setup. So it's, uh, it's yes, definitely going to be difficult, but uh, it's it's certainly not over for Verstappen. And I think he'll he'll be optimistic going into the race, definitely. Yeah, it, it, the way this championship has gone, there's, there's no definites um, really anymore. And Tom mentioned he's got to maintain second off the line, Jallard. Uh, but as we said, third place on the grid is Valtteri Bottas. Um, he can play a crucial role, especially if he gets a good start, gets a toe from his teammate. It could be uh, could be worrying for Verstappen, but it's good for Mercedes. Good for Mercedes, yeah. And like you say, he does need to get that good start because the last couple of races, it's been a bit messy for him, Mexico in particular. And then last time in Brazil, losing um, two places on the first lap as well to both Red Bull. So with the other Red Bull so far down the grid, Mercedes will need Bottas to step it up in this one. They could both be one and two by the end of the first lap. And really put the pinch in Red Bull as well, you know, because as you said, it's going to be a strategic race. Strategy is going to be involved and um, having two cars up the front is a lot better than having uh, the one there for Red Bull. So if you can make them sweat a little bit in the pit stops and with the strategy, I think, you know, Mercedes can pull through. But for Bottas, again, when you look at the margin between him and his teammate, six tenths off um, between that pole lap and third, it is a bit disappointing, but you you know, ultimately the points are going to be paid out tomorrow. So we'll wait and see what Bottas delivers. Yeah, it's, of course, it's still a tight battle in the Constructors' Championship. And as you mentioned, the other Red Bull, Sergio Perez, will be getting to him um, later. Had a, a, I think it's fair to say, an absolutely poor qualifying. But uh, someone who certainly didn't have a poor qualifying, Tom, is uh, Pierre Gasly. You know, we're used to seeing him in the top six, but... Um, fourth place um ahead of both ferraris both mclarens um alvatari have really looked on it and he's just shown just how good he is yeah um 
Dazzy's had a super weekend so far. You know, he was P2 in the first two practice sessions. Obviously, we it's not entirely representative. Um, but today he was, uh, I, I, I said to someone, I said, I'm expecting big things from Gasly today. Um, and he did not disappoint. Um, I did worry initially in Q1 that he wasn't going to necessarily put in that bit of time because he's down to about sort of P10, P11. I just after I sent that message. Um, but the track rubbed in. He said, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't even matter. Um, he he said he set a really really good lap time, um, yeah. And then to, to put that car P four, um, you know, we, we've we talked about it on on the Everything F One podcast actually. Um, I think my colleague Sean said that that Alpha Tari is, is not that good a car, and it's just that Gasly is just he's just so like in tune with it. He's just out driving the car and he's putting that car places that it doesn't necessarily deserve to be. Um, also, I'm looking forward to, he's got obviously got Alonso behind him and Alonso and Tassi had a bit of a balmy in Brazil. So when, so we all know how feisty Alonso is when he drives. So it'd be interesting to see how those who get, how those who get on tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I will say about Pierre Gasly in Q1, he did, put in that 10th uh, place on the medium tyre um, when everyone else was on the soft. So That's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was an incredible lap time um, to, to get through to Q2 on, on the mediums. But as, as Tom rightly mentioned, um, it's Fernando Alonso in P5. And there is still this battle for, P, um, for P5 in the um, constructors, um, Tom, you know, between... AlphaTauri and Alpine and we've you never really know what's going to happen with Alpine but Fernando Alonso P5 is an absolutely stellar lap and it gives him the best chance to keep Alpine in this battle yeah it's a really strong performance from Fernando Alonso and I've got to say I, I just I don't know what uh, what Sean's on on everything F1 if he says that AlphaTauri is not a strong car it's a bloody strong car it's a uh, it's it's every bit as good as the cars around it I'd say is it sits in that gap behind the Ferrari uh, McLaren and ahead of the Alpine Aston Martin battle so it's it's to know that it's been letting the team down rather than Gasly outperforming it in my mind so Alonso's given given that team a, a great chance of uh, of holding up there but you've got you know you've got Yuki Tsunoda is also up there ahead of Esteban Ocon as well so it's that fight between Alpine and and um and AlphaTauri so my brain's going to mush uh, that fight between Alpine and AlphaTauri is uh, is such a strong fight uh, between now and the end of the season I, I think the AlphaTauri car is is the better of the two cars and if if Snowy can keep on top of it then there's a real good chance they can take that that fifth place that Franz Tost has lusted after for so many years or so we're there to believe um but but fernando in in that position it's, it's a solid position he looked nowhere at the start of the weekend yeah 17th in p1 he's kind of gradually gradually eked into the weekend and then he just blows us all the way with that third place in q2 admittedly on soft tires but uh but even so um and then uh and then q3 uh just solidifying it Obviously, slightly um, fortuitously with Perez not Perez not being there, but even so, even a sixth place in that car is is a solid solid result. So um, he's he's going to be very happy with that, and ma- maintaining that is uh, is going to be key. He's he's going to be with um, with Pierre Gasly. He's on the clean side of the grid, 
So he's got a chance of out outdoing Pierre Gasly into turn one. So there's, uh, there's there's a real good opportunity there for Fernando Alonso to get a big bag full of points tomorrow. And that's what he needs to do for the team if they've got any hope of maintaining this uh, this position. Uh, in the Constructors' Championship or or taking it to AlphaTauri because uh, currently AlphaTauri are only behind them um, on the fact that Ocon has won a race. So they need to get a clear point ahead of them. So this is this has given them a good chance. He would. It's going to be tough, though, because Gasly is a very, very strong performer. So to, to get ahead of Gasly and then to out-strategize him and outpace him in the race is going to be difficult. But then he has got the backup of uh, his, his teammate uh, behind as well, fighting Sonoda. And I think in race trim, Ockham will probably have a bit too much for Sonoda as well. So certainly in the fight with Alpine and AlphaTauri, it's it's game on. And I think now, unfortunately, with uh, with the McLaren-Ferrari battle going seemingly in one direction, um, this is the this is the midfield fight for the rest of the season now. And it's, uh, and it's starting to hot up. So looking forward to seeing how it pans out. Yeah, it, it seriously is hotting up and uh, we know how good Fernando Alonso can be off the start we've seen it time and time again he can make up places so well and yeah he gets a good start and Gasly um, Gasly could be a bit worried but um, Jared we have London Norris in six and in the context of being behind the Alvatar and the Alpine he may not be too happy however he is ahead of Carlos Sainz um of course, in the Ferrari. And Tom did mention that the, the battle is kind of over now. Um, but still, for McLaren, it's going to be good to finally actually put that McLaren ahead of Ferrari. It's not over till it's over, I'm going to say. <laughs> um, that's just wishful thinking on my part. But yeah, for them in qualifying, important to get ahead of the Ferrari. I know Lando is wary, though, that... Carlos is starting on the medium tyre too, so it'll be interesting to see how long that soft tyre lasts in the opening stint. Um, Lando is starting on the dirty side of the grid too, so and given what we saw between the two last time, you know, I think they're going to want a clean getaway as well. Um, important, I think, on both their shoulders, I guess, with both their teammates also starting outside the top 10, so... And, yeah, I think just Lando, for his confidence, will want a good race. You know, he scored points the last two races, but only in um, – and that really hasn't helped their um, chances in the Constructors' Championship. But, you know, if they can pull together a race like they have so many times this season and Lando gets the confidence that he's had as well earlier in the season, um, then, yeah, I hopefully think that they can finish ahead of the Ferrari. But, yeah, it's all going to come down to – you know, the start and then the strategy to how long that soft tyre can last. Yeah, you meet, you bring up a really good point of um, the fact that Carlos Sainz uh, did manage to get through on the medium tyres, Tom, and that yeah, he did scrape through into Q3 on those medium tyres, but it gives him a huge advantage in this race considering Gasly, Alonso and Norris all ahead of him will be on the soft tyres. Yeah, so... Starting on, you know, um, starting on the mediums might not. It 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 could either work out as a masterstroke of strategy, or it could be that he's actually swallowed up at the start, um, and possibly fall back a bit. Um, who was I talking about again? I just gone completely blank. Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz. Yeah, sorry, my my brain just went there. Um, yeah, um, Sainz. I was. Yeah, I, I mean. Without sort of going over all ground, um, they are sort of locked into this battle with with McLaren now. Um, 
He's sorry, I've, I've gone completely blank because I've just seen a message. Um, yeah, uh, signs, yeah, decent quality. Um, shame to, uh, you know, shame, shame that it's only sort of one apiece from McLaren and Ferrari in, into QC, but I think it evens things out a bit. Um, hopefully, he'll go long ish on, on that stint of, of the mediums. I suppose part of the sort of challenge of Qatar is we don't really know how the tyres are going to go in terms of a long run because you don't have years of historical racing. Um, and they've obviously done a limited amount of running in, in the free practice sessions. Um, in terms of his actual quality, I thought I thought he did well. Um, it was very much a Carlos Sainz thing where he had a decent session and not a single soul noticed how well he was doing. Um, I was surprised to see Ferrari struggle as much as they did today, especially as I'm sure we'll get on to declare later on, especially seeing sort of the struggles he had. Um, and to just about put it in, into, into, into Q3, I think that's probably, probably about as much as they could have asked for today. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Sainz was looking for, um, you know, a lot quicker than um, Charles Leclerc uh, well, across the last couple of days. So it's probably no surprise where Sainz ended up, but yeah, it definitely was a surprise where Leclerc ended up in the end. But um, behind signs will be Yuki Sonoda, Tom. And honestly, I'd say we're seeing Yuki probably performing his best since, well, Bahrain, uh, where he had that stellar performance in his opening race. He seems to just enjoy racing under the lights. And P8 is a solid qualifying, but he's also looked pretty on it in free practice as well. Yeah, he absolutely has. It's been his most consistent, well-put-together weekend all season. I actually include Bahrain in that as well. He's been in the top 10 solidly um, every session. I think P P3, I think he was 10th, but every other session he's been solidly in that top 10 and he's been he's been uh, pushing his teammate and uh, it's, uh, it's it's good to see. I mean, I predicted before this weekend that he would actually finish ahead of Gasly at this race because I thought given that it's a track that nobody has driven at, um, it's, it's a good reset for him and he does seem to have turned that corner. Uh, whether he does finish ahead of Gasly in this race, I think that's more going to be based on... Um, on technical issues or or horrendous strategy rather than out and out pace but he's he's put himself in a great position there i mean he's say he's 14th in the championship and he's and he's and he's qualified uh really really well solidly in that top 10 so it's uh it's a really great position to to start the race on tomorrow and gives him a great chance of actually getting some points and he needs to do that to to back up his team's fight in the in the constructors championship and uh it's it's good to see that he's he has seemingly turned it around or certainly is in the process of turning it around i think alpha tori have not really done him any favors in what they've done um short strategy wise you see their strategy they had in mexico was purely there to mess with other people um he's now in a position hopefully where he can show that he's got the pace or he can have the pace and uh and he he's entitled to his own strategy now so um he's uh it, hopefully it'll go better than it did um in Bahrain for him because uh I kind of it's no fun just just bashing the same people all the time so I, I want uh, I want Yuki to get back on that uh back on that road to uh to showing people that that he is a fast driver and he does have pace because he definitely does so um eighth position great place to start tomorrow and again ahead of one of the Alpines as well so needs to uh, needs to keep him be- keep him behind him and push on try and make a few places try and see if he can get science off the line given that he's got the tire advantage there as well but uh, I think it, the the overtaking opportunities are going to be very slight tomorrow um so uh, it's all about strategy 
so uh, the uh, I think science is is well placed there, but Snowden needs to uh, uh, needs to try and take it to science and then try and keep him behind him. We know how good Snowden is at keeping cars behind him, but uh, Ocon is the uh, is the target driver to try and keep behind him and then just see how many places he can he can go up. Yeah, and you of course mentioned about a finish potentially finishing ahead of Pierre Gasly. We had um, due to some sort of technical issue, but we did. Uh, forget to mention that Pierre Gasly did um, actually have a puncture on his uh, last flying lap, um, hit the exit curb of the second to last corner a bit hard, uh, broke off his um, front wing and punctured his front right tyre. So I'm sure the um, Alvatari team will be telling Gasly to uh, take that corner a bit more steady in the race uh, tomorrow to uh, avoid that. But um, Judd, as we've said, P9, Esteban Ocon, again, it's crucial for this battle. Um, that he stays there, but how do you see Ocon's race going? Do you reckon he'll, you know, manage to get ahead of Yuki? How, you know, how much help do you reckon Ocon can be to Alpine in this race? Um, it's a tough one to say, but I feel like he should be able to get ahead of Sonoda. He's starting on the clean side of the grid. Um, and yeah, Sunita has run into trouble in recent races as well, just with with a couple of little incidents. But um, hopefully, yeah, Ocon can stay clear of that. I think yeah, it will be nip and tuck. And you know, like you guys said earlier as well, it is probably the battle in the midfield to keep an eye on at the moment, heading into the final races. And um, yeah, I just look forward to it. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Either- we don't really still don't know what's going to happen in this race um, tomorrow, considering we've never actually had a race here, but uh, it, it opens the door for immense possibilities. But uh, behind Esteban Ocon, Tom, is, well, it'd be someone who's vaguely familiar uh, for being behind Esteban Ocon. It is um, Sebastian Vettel into the top 10. It was a, it's a good drive by uh, Sebastian Vettel ahead of quite a few um, faster cars, but uh realistically do you reckon that Aston Martin's going to be able to stay in 10th or is he going to drop out the points uh, no I think he's probably going to drop out the points um, but it was a good day for Vettel to be fair because um, he, he was about sort of I think he was about P13 P14 um, as QC was coming to a close and then he he leapfrogged up into um, I, th- I think he went into about P8 or something and then got pushed down to P10 if my memory serves me correctly um, but all in all, yeah, a, a, a good outing for um for, for Vettel today. I'd say obviously his teammate isn't that far behind him. Um, I think that's probably pretty much as far as uh, as far as Aston can expect that car to be this weekend. Um, and I think as we start going into the longer runs tomorrow, we're probably going to see them drop back because you'd anticipate Perez and probably Leclerc beginning to move past them. Danny Rick, not so much, as we'll go into. Um, but, yeah, I, I, he did well, to, did well to get into Q3. Um, you know, whether he gets, like, an extra bonus or something for that, I don't know. But if if I was Vettel, I'd probably almost rather be starting P11 so i get a free tyre choice going into, going into Q3. Um and then, um and then hopefully sort of try and, try and drive strategy a bit that way because... I'm fairly... Do we know if you went on the medium or on the softs? Uh, I went on the softs. Yeah, yeah, softs. Yeah, I was fairly certain. So he's going to be a bit hamstrung by strategy tomorrow because he may even want to ditch those softs fairly early on. 
especially as the temperatures begin to drop. Um, but yeah, but good, good day in the office of Eckler, who's definitely had a very sort of up and down season, you know, two podiums. One of the podiums was obviously disqualified. Um, but yeah, but yeah, but he's, um, he's, he's, he's done pretty well today. Yeah, it was a good job. And, um, yeah, as we mentioned, he's now ahead of uh, P11, Sergio Perez, Tom. And, yeah, just <laughs> at this stage in the championship, and given that we've seen gradual progression from Perez, you know, being able to sort of fight with the other two Mercedes, being P11 at this stage in the championship is really not good. And a track which we're going to see is probably not going to be the easiest for overtaking there's no chance he's going to be able to get to those top three, is there? Well, I wouldn't say there's no chance, but uh, it's certainly a, it's a really, really bad showing from him. He's he's come on the radio and he's blamed the team effectively, saying that it was uh, we we went in the worst possible window. So that that window was uh, two cracks at the whip, one on the fastest tire. You know, he he went round on the mediums and he was nowhere, and then he went round on the softs and he wasn't able to you know t- to beat much slower cars on. On the same tire as them, you know, and where there is his, his teammates there on mediums going through you know, comfortably, so it's it's just it's not really good enough, and he needs to be doing the, the team game, and he, he's now left Verstappen in a position where he's completely, um, he's completely hamstrung for the race because he's got no backup whatsoever, and that at this point point in the season, that's Perez's job to be backup to Verstappen, and it's really, really bad, really, really bad for him. He had no traffic. I've watched his whole lap on on the onboard on on the softs, and he had no traffic at all. Um, his his preparation probably wasn't wasn't perfect, but with the car advantage that he had. There's absolutely no reason why he shouldn't have got into Q3. He didn't even have that bad a lap. He's actually the slowest Honda. On, on track you know he's slower than Sonoda he's slower than Gasly it's just not on and it's it's a, it's a really really bad showing uh, to be starting 11th in, in that car I mean at least he gets free tyre choice but to be honest he should have had free tyre choice anyway because he had a car to get into Q2 on medium so he should have been able to pick whatever tyre he wanted to start the race anyway which you know we invariably is going to be the mediums we know that you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. It might be there's an early safety car and he can ditch them, stick on hards and do Perez magic and run to the end and finish in the top three. You know, he's he's on a great run of form. He's had, what, three podiums in the last four races. He's He's been doing really well. And his, we all know that he's not the best qualifier and his racecraft is what is has kind of made Red Bull go for him because with Gasly and with... Albon, we found that they were averaging qualifying and worse in the races, whereas Perez was averaging qualifying and excellent in the races. So that's that's what made the difference, and that's where they need their drivers in the races. So I don't think it's over for Perez, but he certainly made his job a lot harder, and it's not it's not great for for Red Bull, especially with Mercedes having the advantage, or certainly Hamilton in the hands of Hamilton anyway, having the advantage that they do have. Um, ready for tomorrow. It, they really, really needed Perez up there in that pit window, fighting, cutting down the Mercedes options. But looking with, with Gasly there in fourth place on soft tyres, if Gasly maintains fourth off the line, he's gonna he's gonna drop away quite quickly once those tyres go through the best. He's gonna try and hang on with those tyres. There's gonna be a Gasly train hanging behind him, and before they know it, there's gonna be a pit window. Bottas will come in to undercut. Verstappen will cover. Hamilton will go along, and he'll get an easy win and the fastest lap as well because he's got younger tyres. So, and that's all because Perez just couldn't put together a clean lap. And I'm not saying that's definitely how it's gonna pan out tomorrow, but that's the most likely scenario. So uh, that that qualifying session, that one bad lap from Perez, 
could potentially end up costing Red Bull the championship. I mean, I know there's lot, lots of different things that are going to swing and have swung all season, but at this stage of the season, you've got to stand up and be counted. And when, you, when your man needs you there alongside you defending him, he hasn't done that today and it's not good enough. Yeah, this the championship has been such fine margins throughout like this <laughs> the, the battle between not only just Max and Lewis, but Red Bull and Mercedes has been so close throughout this entire championship. And when you're almost like a second slower than your teammate <laughs> on the same set of tyres, it's it's really not um where you need to be. But um behind him, Judd, is Lance Stroll. And as I said for Vettel, you know, for Aston Martin, they've been so up and down, they've been so inconsistent this season. 12th place is not the worst place for Lance Stroll to be in tomorrow's race. Not the worst place, yeah. But again, you've got faster cars behind and they'll naturally find their way through, whether it's through strategy or um, making positions up on the opening lap. Um, On paper, yeah, that Aston Martin car is not fast at all um, in terms of the rest of the midfield and everything. So, you know, you would think that naturally they would just slide down the order, um, perhaps finish ahead of the Williams guys. But, you know, George Russell, we know, can be handy and get ahead possibly of Stroll as well. But, um, you know, there's nothing really for them to to be fighting for in this one. But, yeah, they could get lucky. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Could be safety cars, could be some chaos up ahead. Um, so it's just about trying to stay in it and survive until um, the end. But, you know, Stroll had the DNF last time out in Brazil. So just being classified, I think, might be um, a good result in terms of their, their little uh, season this time. Yeah, Stroll will want to be um, getting to the end of the race. He had a break by wire issue in um, on Friday practice, so I'm sure um, he'll he won't be hoping that crops up again. Um, P13, Tom Charles Leclerc, um, similar to Sergio Perez, he originally went out on the medium tire in Q2, was absolutely nowhere. He was almost, I think, it was almost nine tenths down on um, on Carlos Sainz, and then switched to the soft tire and just just couldn't improve. It just it was surprising considering, as you were saying earlier, we would have thought the Ferrari would have been a bit faster here. Yeah, um, not a good day at the office for Leclerc. And it was a bit ominous when he was sitting in his garage, in his car, having done that running Q2 and he was plumb last um, in in qualifying as well. In, in Q2 is when we were about midway through. Having done a run on the mediums and he was something like 1.5 seconds off um, I thought to myself, I thought he's he's going to run the run a serious risk of not getting into Q3. Put the softs on. Didn't have a very good lap with the softs on. I think he was he was silly down on sector one. Um, I can't remember how far down he was. I think he had a green middle sector then, and then a yellow third sector. Still went quicker, um, but just a pretty shoddy day in the office. I did also wonder in Q1 if he was even going to make it out. Because he um he was sitting pretty low down. It was only when he leapfrogged into about tenth um, that I thought, oh, he's, he's he's all right. He's made it through. But at that point, I think that was that should have been the warning sign starting to show. You know, he was uh, he wasn't it, that Fry just didn't have much pace today. Or Leclerc, I should say, didn't have much pace today because his teammate made it into Q three. Yeah, he's looked a bit off it this weekend, and he said after he finished his first lap. 
you felt that the car was absolutely on the limit. You did you couldn't understand um where he could go faster, which is is not ideal for a racing driver when you're thinking you're giving it absolutely everything and it turns out you're absolutely nowhere. Um and another driver, Tom, which is absolutely nowhere, Daniel Ricardo. We're kind of getting sadly the we're getting used to seeing Daniel Ricciardo go out in Q2. He had a bit of a, a renaissance in the middle of the season, but he's kind of fallen back into bad habits now. Uh, P14, he lines up tomorrow. And, yeah, it's just... What's, what's happened with Ricardo? He was looking so good. He was getting... It looked like he was comfortable. He's won a race this season, but now he's, he's P14. Yeah, it's a depressing return to form, unfortunately, for Daniel Ricciardo in, into what we saw in the first half of the season where we um, you know, we saw he was consistently nowhere and then his teammate was was battling up in sort of the top six, top seven. And uh, unfortunately now, yeah, he's, that's kind of like where he deserves to be as well. You know, he's, his times all through the weekend have been in that ballpark. He's never he's never threatened a top 10 once, really. So it's uh, it's no surprise to see him out in Q2. But uh, yeah, I, I just I, I'm just a complete loss as to what he can do from there. Really, it's uh, I mean he, we know he's a good racer. We know he could generally move forward in the races, and we just have to hope that that that's going to be the case tomorrow. But I, I don't I don't really I don't really see uh, I don't really see it happening though. He's I mean, he, had, he had a fifth place in in the USA, and then like the previous three, obviously he's got thirteenth, twelfth in retirement. So. Um, certainly his five race form is not up there. And I think it is coinciding with, with McLaren's definite drop off and Ferrari's rise. I think McLaren don't have the, they don't have all of the tools at their disposal to be able to run two programs to the same degree that Ferrari do. So that's why Ferrari have taken this, this clear step, but they're definitely pretty much, you know, 99% on next year's car now. So they, um, it was all about just trying to hold on to that third place, and it's it's just not going to happen, unfortunately. They just need to try and try and maximise the race and see what they can do in the race and take advantage of any situations as and when they come up. But it's uh, it's it's certainly not ideal, and uh, it's it's not looking not looking good for McLaren tomorrow, or certainly on on the Ricardo side, the garage is not looking good for for him at all. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow. As I said, there, there may be there may be an early safety car and uh, and a VSC at the right time, and it might stick him up somewhere. So who knows? I mean, this season has had so many twists and turns that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow but uh but it's uh it's not a great place to start so seeing there where he's the cars that he's going to be behind it's going to be very hard to overtake if he gets points tomorrow i'll be impressed put it that way and that that's a sad state of affairs really for a for a car that's not really had any major problems i know he i think i heard somebody may have had some damage in one session but uh it's certainly it's not like he was looked like he was going to be well in the top ten, and then he's just suddenly dropped out. It's uh, it's a real shame, but we'll we'll see what happens anyway. Yeah, we we, we will see what um see what happens um with Daniel, but um yeah, my my hopes aren't aren't very high. He's even when he does qualify down in these low positions, it's rare that we see him climb the order. Um, P fifteen, Jared. Uh, Someone that we're used to seeing P15 uh, most weekends, George Russell got into Q, uh, got into Q2, um, and then from there, didn't, he, it's not really much as Williams can do. He's just he's kind of just riding out the rest of the season until he can get his shot in the Mercedes next year. Yeah, at least normal service resumed this weekend. Mister Saturday strikes back as 
Brazil first time. I think he's been out qualified by Nicolas Latifi or um, in, in either the sprint or in the Friday qualifying. So just had to get one back on his teammate and make sure he got out of um, got out of Q one, but also putting in the lap for P fifteen. Yeah, like you say, just you know, seeing out the time at Williams now, three more races to go before he will be in a car capable of many, many Q3 appearances and possibly pole positions and whatnot. But, um, you know, Williams, again, Russell could benefit if there is some kind of uh, chaos during the race. But, um, yeah, I think it's just going to be one of those cruisy Sunday afternoons or Sunday evenings uh, outside the points for Russell, sadly. Not much more to, not much more to add. Yeah, there really isn't much to say, and it's, it's the same with the next. Um, there's few words to say about the man of few words, isn't it? Tom, um, Kimi Raikkonen. He he's going to be starting P16 tomorrow um, ahead of his teammate again. Um, he has been scoring points recently, uh, Raikkonen, but down in P16, it's it's unlikely that he's going to score points in his first and what is going to be his only um, Qatar Grand Prix. Yeah, and Kimi has the sensational comeback for 2023, which I, with the best one in the world, I really hope he doesn't. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, th- I think I've said this pretty much every week now. Kimi is just mentally checked out. He's literally just turned him around in his company car um, and he's just biding his time to call it a day. Um, I'm surprised that he went into 2021 at all. Um, I wondered if perhaps the pandemic and everything and spending more time at home would have sort of given him the chance to realise that or not the chance to realise but perhaps made him think that you know I'm 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 in my in my forties now and I want to start spending more time with my kids, yada yada yada. Um I think we were talking about it before where he said maybe he would have left Ferrari on a high or that kind of thing. Um but it's uh yeah he's uh He's he's just going to trundle around, um, maybe take advantage of a safety car if we have one, or you know take take advantage of uh, if, if there's some some sort of like glitch in the matrix tomorrow. But I don't think he's really going to get that much higher up on merit. He's a he's a pretty much where that car is. Um, I think P16 is a fair representation because he's faster than both the um, both the Haas. I mean. I'd probably be faster than both hands if I was in a, I was in a wheelbarrow. Um, and Latifi, yeah, he's, you know, Kimi's got years of experience and, and Kimi's been fairly nip and tuck with Gio this season. So I think P16 is about what he can expect. Um, if you have a couple of retirements, you might see him sort of like P12, um, but I, I doubt it. I think he's going to finish at the back and he's not going to give a damn. Yeah, I'm sure he just stuck around to uh, to get the um, most race starts and um, record, and then and then leave. However. And the money, yeah, and and the money. But um, with Fernando Alonso stay next year and um, Kimi retiring, as long as Fernando um, does a full season, he will actually take that record um, off Kimi, I believe. Um, but Tom, we move on. P17, Nicholas Latifi. Yeah, he did manage to qualify. Uh, George Russell last weekend, but back down P17. Can't really expect much from that Williams. It's it's never been the best in the races. 
No, uh, it's. I, I think Williams are fully switched on to next season as well. I think you know, after we saw those those bumper points finishes in that that mid part of the season, uh, finishing with Russia, uh, was, yeah, and uh, since then they've just not really been at the races at all. I think you know they're guaranteed that eighth place pretty much. So it's uh, you know Alfa Romeo certainly aren't going to score enough points to overhaul them, and you know you can't see Haas scoring in the next decade the way they're going. So it's. Um, it, <laughs> They, they're fully switched on to next year. George is pretty much phoning it in. He's just going out there having some fun. And Nicholas TV is doing his level best in the equipment he's got. And, you know, that, that meant last week, you know, that the the, uh, the planets all aligned and he managed to out-qualify George Russell. Um, and equally, he said he he probably could have done a quicker lap. He wasn't that even that happy with his lap. So that's great that he's kind of like saved up all of his, all of his uh, luck and talent for one race, which then culminated in a glorious 16th place finish. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's see if he can go for 15th tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's not looking great, um, but it hasn't done... And I think Williams are fine with that. You know, they've made peace with how their car is this year. They've lucked into some great results. Uh, they they built a car that would be very peaky and would perform in the occasional situation in the hope that they might steal a couple of points. And in the end, they've done a lot more than that. So, you know, kind of job done for Williams. They, the rest of the season now, anything that happens now is a bonus. It's just getting to the end of the season, maximise everything for next season uh, and go again. You know, Latif is there next year. He's not going to be too worried about it. So he'll, he'll know that there's nothing more he can do. He's just got to try and get ahead of the Alphas and uh, keep the Hasses behind them and see what happens in the race. Just have fun and just go out there, just be safe, have fun and and, and enjoy you know, earning lots of money to do something we'd all kill to do for nothing. So, um, yeah, it's there's not really much to say on, uh, on on the Williams side of things at all at the moment. I mean, George did a Herculean effort to get it into Q2, but uh, Nick wasn't able to wasn't able to do that unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, let's let's see let's see what happens tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not holding out much hope of any glorious performances from Williams. No, it seems to be the sort of the similar story. William to tend to drop back during the race and never most competitive and as you said Nicholas Latifi he'll be here next year still be with Williams uh, so he can just enjoy these next few races um, someone who won't be here uh, next year Jared um, Antonio Giovinazzi uh, it's been confirmed now that he will be replaced by Gonyujo. Um P18 behind Kimi pretty much showing why Alfred Romeo decided to drop him in the first place <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's kind of nice that we've got that all cleared up heading into the final three races. And yeah, I don't really know what else Giovinazzi can offer in these final three races, given the fact that, yeah, he's quicker only than the two Haas cars um, this time out. It's probably going to be a lot more better for Alfa Romeo. Just, yeah, like cut our losses, move on to the next season. We've got two new drivers heading in a new direction. Um, for Giovinazzi, I don't know if he can get any more out of uh, the car, if he mentally um, has the capacity to go out on a high even. You know, we know that he doesn't need to fight for another F1 seat next year. That's all done and dusted. He's going over to Formula E with with Dragons. So, um, yeah, apart from that, <laughs> it's just who knows tomorrow he just yeah make it to the end of the race yeah um then p19 uh, p19 p20 of course is going to be the two houses tom but 
a little maybe a shout out to Mick Schumacher because he was only two tenths off um yeah off Antonio Giovinazzi rather than the two seconds that we're used to with these uh, two Haskars. Yeah, it, it was it was a good session for Schumacher as as much as it could be given the um given the car he's got underneath him. Um you know, he, I, I again, I, I said this to someone earlier today. I can't remember again. I can't remember who, but I, I said credit to Schumacher. He is only two tenths off the back of the um, back of the Alfa Romeo Giovinazzi, and I also think it wasn't a, a true reflection of Mazepin um, because he lost. Uh, did he lose all running? Was it Q? Uh, P, uh, FP3, FP2. 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 Yeah, he, he lost an entire day of running because because his car went... Because, went, okay, you could argue it was a bit self-inflicted. Um, but we saw how many cars were suffering scrapes and damage and all the rest of it from when they were going over... Um, going over the... Sorry, South Africa just scored. Um, going, uh, going over the curbs and, and what have you. Um it wasn't, yeah. So I, I, I do think Mazepin would have been a bit closer because, was yeah, he wasn't setting the the world alight. He was showing some decent pace given his inexperience in F one, and his and his lack of knowledge at the track this weekend. Because I think they said the only person this weekend who's actually raced there before in single seaters is Perez. Uh, Mazepin has also raced there, but it was all the way back in 2014. He was on the oh, track. Right. He didn't race there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, you know, you know Haas, you know, they're they're making the best out of a bad situation. We know they've not got any resources. Um, as Tom gets headbutted by his cat, um, you know, that's a bit like that's a bit like what Mazepin did to himself today in the car. Um, you know, he, uh, yeah, um. I think a less painful day for Haas, you know, they, they must turn out to each try knowing that they're going to be at the bottom. Um, but yeah, but uh, with regards to tomorrow, no, we know they're going to fall back. We know they're going to get laps probably twice. I mean, given the relatively short lap time and sort of like length of this circuit, I wouldn't be surprised if they get lap three times by Hamilton and Verstappen. Yeah, I was going to move on to Nikita Mazepin, but... Sorry, yeah, I, saw, I, I saw like... It's ro- fine. I, I, I do that with Hass. I thought I'd just roll the two into one. Yeah, he was 2.4 seconds off the back of Mick Schumacher. Um, yeah, it wasn't um, very competitive. And as you said, he's had limited running. And also that Haas is a terrible car, so... <laughs> um, his likelihood it, of getting in... In defence of Mazepin, he had 16 laps in total to prepare for for practice, for qualifying yeah. i know he did qualify a long way off but uh, but and it was as you said self inflicted hitting hitting the curb but only 16 laps of running lost all of p2 and made it to the end of the pit lane in p3 before it broke down again i, I think he's he's done all right to actually get it on the grid but uh, yeah it's still still not uh, <laughs> as you say nothing to write home about yeah i think that's a i can uh, sum up part of um season nothing to write home about um but uh yeah, so that's that's all the drivers. That's all twenty drivers. It's now time for the predictions. Um, and it's a bit more in the dark predictions, um, of course, this weekend. Considering we don't really actually know how this race can fold out. But um, Jared, we'll start with you. Um, 
what is your podium prediction for this weekend? <laughs> Put on the spot there a little bit, but um, <laughs> look, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, despite not really having the pace all weekend, that we'll see Max Verstappen win the inaugural Qatar Grand Prix from Lewis Hamilton. Um, Red Bull, they probably will pull out some strategic masterstroke like they did in France and in other races. They learned from um, the Spanish Grand Prix uh, the hard way, so they'll probably pull that same trick again on Mercedes. Um, and, yeah, from Lewis Hamilton second. And going even more out on a limb, let's say Pierre Gasly for the podium to finish third. Fair enough. Very um, bold. Yeah. Um, Tom? Are you going to go um, more handbot there, or is it going to be also equally as interesting? <laughs> um, I uh, I want Verstappen to win. We all know that. Um, I th- no, Detroit. I'm going to say I think Verstappen is going to charge off the line like a demented bison tomorrow. Um, you know, you know. I think he's going to you know, just like injected Red Bull into his veins. Um, and I think he's going to take the lead from Hamilton. Um, does Paul start on the right or the left? Paul starts on the left. Okay, so I think Hamilton is going to get a fairly uh, sorry for Sapphire's going to get a really decent launch, and he's just going to he's just going to go yeah remember Brazil bitch, and then he's just going to hold his car on the right. He's going to basically block Hamilton from getting around, and then um, then <laughs> he's going to sail off into the lead. You might want to beat that. Yeah, he's going to just drive off at turn one as well. Just to... Yeah, yeah, he's just, he's just going to drive straight on, straight to Saudi. And <laughs> um, um, yeah, so is that Verstappen win, and then who's the other? Yeah, um, then uh, Hamilton P two. Um, I'm going to say Gasly P three. I think if if Alfatari can get the strategy right and provided. Gazi doesn't try and eat his own front wing again. I think he'll be on for a really, really good result tomorrow. Okay. And then Tom. So uh, I think the, the track conditions, uh, the, the way the degradation is quite low. So I, th- I think it's not going to be as bad a uh, disadvantage starting on the uh, on the softs as we were doing on a lot of other tracks. So there's there's some opportunities at the back there. Uh, there's uh, as you say, it's very unpredictable because we don't know exactly what's going to be happening. But based on all of that, I'm going to say Hambot Ver. Just because I, I just think with Perez out of the equation and uh, Verstappen on the on the dirty side of the grid, it's it's going to be Hamilton Bottas going into turn one, and you can't. It's very unlikely we're going to be able to overtake it. So, uh, or certainly not. You won't be able to overtake the Mercedes anyway. Uh, if Verstappen can get himself in a position where he's ahead of them on track, then there's a chance. But he needs to engineer that situation to happen. And with Perez not there, I don't think he's he's going to be able to do that. Uh, try as he may, and he will. And I'm sure he'll get close and he'll be exciting and uh, he'll have a couple of attempts. Um, but I think best case scenario for Verstappen is, is second place, um, which is... Uh, bit of a shame for the championship but uh, I mean, at least it does give us that mouth-watering opportunity that if uh, if uh, Hamilton then goes to win in Saudi then we may end up with the uh, two drivers side by side in Abu Dhabi on the same points so let's uh, let, let, let's hope for that <laughs> that'd be good yeah then um, personally I'm also I'm gonna 
I'm going to go Hamilton to win the race. I think it's the most likely outcome um, just with the way the strategy is going to play out and the, the advantage Mercedes have. Second, I'm going to put Verstappen. I reckon it's going to be one of those races where Hamilton and Verstappen disappear off into the distance, never to be seen or heard from, you know, and then it'll be Bottas in realistically um, third. So now it's time for bold predictions. Um, yeah, Jared, we'll start with you again. Bold prediction for the Qatar Grand Prix. Hmm. Would it be bold in saying that I reckon there will be no safety cars? To be honest, during the race, know. <laughs> we don't we, know. We, you know, like um, often with these sort of new races, we come in and like, oh, you know, all this stuff might happen, and it ends up just being a doozy. So yeah, I reckon it'll probably there will be no safety cars or virtual safety cars in this one. I'd say that is bold because in the history of Formula One, there's never been a safety car at the Qatar Grand Prix. There you go. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's my contribution. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we have no idea what's going to happen with the sort of the safety cars, VSCs. I'm used to watching uh, MotoGP go around here and you don't really get um, uh, safety cars, uh, VSCs and MotoGP anyway. So I really don't have any idea. Um, Tom, what's, what's your bold prediction? Uh... Is it a bold prediction to say that Hamilton and Verstappen won't have an incident? I think... <laughs> Given the yeah, lack no. of overtaking. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, seriously speaking, um, well, in Brazil, I said that McLaren get back ahead of Ferrari and the constructors and look how well that went. Um, bold prediction... Um, Danny, I was going to say Danny Rick doesn't make it into the points, but I don't know if they, I don't even know if that's a bold prediction. He's, he's got form this year, sadly. I'm going to say Leclerc into the points. Uh, yeah, Leclerc um, and Perez into the points and Sonoda out the points. Okay. And Tom? Well, after your two uh, or two of your predictions, my bold prediction doesn't seem quite so bold now, which is that Pierre Gasly is going to be the highest finishing Honda engine. Oh, no Max. Um, <laughs> which um, goes completely against what I've put for my uh, prediction for the top three. But hey, don't worry, we do it all the time. I'm here. Sit, uh, sitting on that fence is fine. Yeah, I'm going to go. Um, uh, sort of on a limb and saying Sergio Perez is gonna is gonna recover, you know, back to um to P four. I think that's gonna be my bold prediction. Went from the back to to fifth in Bahrain. Can he do another bit of Middle East magic um to get that that Red Bull back up there? <laughs> I guess we'll see. But um that's all from us today. Um of course if you're watching the show live on YouTube you'll know that we stream all of our shows live. However if you're listening to this afterwards just know that we live stream all of our um, podcasts on YouTube. So subscribe to the F1 Grid Talk uh, YouTube channel and you'll get to see all of our podcasts as we record them. And then you can also ask us questions for the post show. Um, so feel free to subscribe and make sure to turn the notifications on so you know when we go live. Um, we're also available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Omni Studio, 
verbal as well as the f1 chronicle website so just search for the f1 uh, grid talk podcast we have a huge back catalog of shows where over 150 shows for you to listen to um including um interviews with mario zola from pirelli as well as more documentary style shows um such um as ones about tiger gate Ayrton Senna and the 1994 Benetton conspiracy. So feel free to check them out if you ever are stuck for something to listen to between now and the race on Sunday. Um, we also uh, have a Patreon. So if you'd like to support the podcast and help towards better mics, lights, and better recording equipment for all of our hosts and guests, um, any support is greatly appreciated. And also, if you give us a five star review on iTunes, then we'll give you a shout out on our next show um all feedback is much appreciated um now we'll go through all of our guests and see where we can find you so tom uh would you like to start where can we find more from you so i am from everything of one you can find us at everything of one.com uh twitter facebook instagram uh we are at everything F1 or at join F1. We are in the process of, up, of updating our handles at the moment. Um, we also have a YouTube channel, which is just everything F1. Uh, we also have a Discord server, which we are steadily growing, which um, which which you can join. You can get a link to from our website. Uh, finally, we have our podcast, which is the Everything F1 podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Amazon, our websites, and all your favourite podcasting locations. Thank you. And um, Tom, where can we find you? So I'm on the Monkey Seat, which is at Monkey Seat Pod on the uh, on the socials. We're just we're just podcast two mates having a laugh, talking about Formula One and other motorsport. Uh, just say quite 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 laid back. Some random opinions, some hot takes, occasional guests as well. Uh, sometimes bring people on from other podcasts, occasional people connected to the sport. Um, so yeah, we just yeah just sit there having a laugh, talking about racing and uh, and being wrong a lot of the time as well. So yeah, come and give us a listen. And Jared, where can we find you? Yeah, so you can find Hit the Apex podcast on most good podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and the like. Um, Follow us on Twitter at Hit the Apex Media. Put out the most recent episode during the week, doing the review for the last Grand Prix in Sao Paulo, and also talking a fair bit of uh, Supercars Championship as well, which heads into its penultimate round of the season this weekend. So I'll be reviewing that as well on next week's show. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I'd like to thank you all for, for joining me on today's show. And um, we'll be back tomorrow at 5pm UK time to review the first ever Qatar Grand Prix. But until then, goodbye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.